What's going on, everybody? The XFL regular season is over. The playoffs are here. And in just a few short days, we will know who is playing in the XFL 3.0 championship on May 13th out in San Antonio. Welcome back to another episode of Booth Review. As always, I'm your host, Devin Primrose, joined by the Sultan of Spice himself, Mr. Peter Strauss. What is going on, man? Not much of another fantastic week of XFL action that What's I didn't get games? to catch very much of. But regardless, <laughs> um, ev- pretty much every team t- tried their very best to either get done what needed to get done or to stop yeah. the other team from getting done what needed to get done. Um every team surprising that, every team that needed a win put their best foot forward uh and, and did did what they had to do. For sure. And like I don't know where this Guardians team has been all season long. Like all of a sudden they beat DC and then were like good and just couldn't get wins. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it works out that way sometimes, and maybe maybe it's something to build on for next year if you keep a lot of those guys around. Who knows what happens? Um, but, yeah, it's it's nice to see them um, kind of figuring things out, even though it is a little too late. Uh, again, hopefully for next year, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a building block. Yeah, I mean, it made it interesting for, for Week 10, um, for sure, which... Uh, doesn't always happen in a league this small. There's not a lot of playoff scenarios that happen. And with yeah. Orlando already being eliminated, they could have just, like, not tried and just let, you know, St. Louis roll all over them. And, I mean, St. Louis did beat them by a lot, but they still put up a heck of a fight. Um, yeah. For sure. For sure. And, I mean, shout out to St. Louis with what they did, man. I mean, I, we might as well, honestly, at this point, just jump into my best of the booth. Uh, so I'm going to do it. Uh, my best of the booth, obviously, has to go to the man that is probably going to win uh, XFL MVP. I don't know if they're doing MVP. They announced the awards today that they're doing, and MVP wasn't listed. It was just Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Special Teams Player of the Year, which I guess I'm okay with that, but it does feel weird not having like an overall MVP. But regardless, if there is an MVP, he should get it. If not, he should definitely get Offensive Player of the Year, and that is A.J. McCarron, uh, because he had one hell of a day on Saturday. A.J. McCarron went 28 of 35, which, for all of you non-math people out there, is 80% completion percentage. 80% uh, for 420 yards, and not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six touchdowns. A ridiculous day. St. Louis needed every single point that they could get, and they dropped a 53-burger on the Guardians. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough because of what the Sea Dragons were able to do the next day in their victory, uh, and they also gave up 28 points to the Guardians, which didn't help their case either. Um, So it did happen to fall down to some tiebreaker scenarios with Seattle, which does suck for St. Louis because they had a heck of a showing. They had a heck of a season. They finished 7-3. You lose three games and you missed the playoffs because that's the XFL. It's only eight teams, but hats off to you, St. Louis hats off to you, AJ McCarron for a heck of a season, a heck of a season finale. Um, I remember, I believe it was one of our, it might've been the first legit or counterfeit was, uh, is AJ McCarron going to be 
I, I don't remember exactly how you phrased it, but you said something along the lines of, will Adrian McCarron be one of the best quarterbacks at the end of the season? And I said counterfeit because I did not think that he would be uh, in comparison to some of those other names, but he had a heck of a season, capped it off with a heck of a game on Saturday. Hats off to him. Absolutely best of the booth, Adrian McCarron. Yeah, I mean, they were told tiebreaker scenario we need to score as many points as possible and there's not much more they could have done no there's um, not the only thing the only thing they could have done is stepped up some on defense and and shut out the guardians a little bit more that's the only thing they could have done yeah but i mean hakeem butler setting a record this game too nine receptions for 164 yards and two yep. touchdowns um yep. and then we almost had another 100 yard receiver with darius shepherd who I've liked a lot of the season and has some pretty good showings on special teams too. I'm pretty yes. sure he returns their he's like their punter kick returner. That sounds right. Um, but he had six receptions for 96 yards <laughs> and a touchdown. Um, and the other notable Stephen Mitchell, four receptions, 72 yards and two touchdowns as well. Yeah. Like they put their heart out in their game in this game. But I mean, the guardians, fought back and I don't know why they were playing around with their quarterbacks. We saw some Quentin Dormady. We saw some DeAndre Francis. Um, neither team really got a running game going. Um, yeah, it was just a crazy game. Honorary best of the booths, I would say. So watching the highlights, Mac Brown, the punter for the Guardians, yeah, was incredible. <laughs> so first of all, they ran two fake punts. The second one, he took a big hit as he threw the ball and didn't work out, but he still took that hit like a champ. <laughs> yeah. The first one, though, 84-yard touchdown pass as the punter on a fake punt. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible stuff. And as an extra bonus, the one time that they... One of the times that they did actually punt it, he, like destroyed a guy outside like they got to the <laughs> got to the sideline stepped out of bounds probably should have been a penalty and just took him out yeah and almost got in a fight with the entire st louis bench and got a penalty like thrown on him that offset a different penalty um just incredible to see that from a punter you you haven't really seen that from a punter since pat mcafee yeah so yeah i agree <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I mean, I think I think St. Louis did absolutely everything they could. I mean, they they put on a show, especially on the offensive side, tried to run up the scoreboard as much as they could. They knew what they had to do, um, and and it sucks that they fell a little bit short. Um, but Sea Dragons took care of business on Sunday and did exactly what they had to do as well. So I hate that it came down to those two teams fighting for one spot because in my opinion both of them deserve to be in the playoffs the the renegades the fact that they got in is garbage um but it's the way that it worked out just divisional alignment which sucks but is what it is yeah and uh i'm gonna go to my best of the booth here because my best of the booth is on the team that beat the only other team that had a chance to take that spot from the renegades yeah. Um. The so DC defenders beat the Brahmas by one point, and I'm giving best of the booth to the DC receiving core. Hey. When so we don't talk about DC receivers much. I think we've talked about Lucky Jackson in the past, 
But DC is more well known for their rushing attack with Abram Smith, who's been kind of absent the last couple weeks, but they're in the playoffs. Rest him. You need him this week. Yeah. Um, And Jordan Tiamu, I think this is his highest that he's thrown for 15 of 22 for 271, two TDs and a pick. But a lot of that was on the back of their receivers who uh, had some monster yards after the catch. That's not a stat that they show on here. But just to kind of give you an idea, uh, Lucky Jackson, three receptions for 84 yards, one of them being 52-yard, pretty much caught the ball, duck, and ran, got about to the one- or Mm two-yard line. Uh, Chris Blair, one catch for 70 yards, also down to, like, the one- or two-yard line on that. Yeah. Uh, Alex Ellis was kind of their closer. He had four catches for 25 yards, but two of those were for touchdowns. Josh Hammonds had a tight catch for one of their conversions. Something I've noticed about the DC defenders, I think we know they're dominant because they play well, but they convert uh, uh, like their two point conversions, whatever. Yeah. Way more than anyone else in the league. And uh, part of that is because they're close, like within 10 yards, they're unstoppable because you think Jordan Tom is going to run it and the receivers are just good enough to squeeze in there and catch it if they have to throw it. So, yeah. Uh, Josh Hammond, four catches, 59 yards in a conversion. Brandon Smith had a one-handed catch, again, on the one-yard line. Yeah. So two catches, 29 yards, and also a two-point conversion. These guys were just incredible and destroyed the dreams of the San Antonio Brahmas. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean... We'll we'll get to my under review in a second because it comes from this game. But DC they absolutely killed it. The, the receivers receivers have been a little. Um, I would say they've been a little looked over this year. I, I like you said we we have talked about Lucky Jackson before, um, <clears throat> and I think a lot of the reason they've been looked over is because of Tamu's passive game for at least the front half of the season wasn't there, um, and and they focused so much on the run and, and and Abram Smith getting out there, which Abram Smith, you know. He's he's been fine. He's been solid. He has been a little absent over the last couple of weeks, which is okay. Um, if he shows up again next week, that's what matters the most. Um, but I do think that the fact that we haven't talked about them is due to Teamu not being the passer that we expected him to be going into the season. Um, but I think that that team is kind of offensively rounding out to where they're becoming more of a balanced attack. Um, you don't quite know if, if it's going to be the Abram Smith show. You don't quite know if it's going to be the Te'amu on the ground show or if it's going to be the Te'amu through the air show or if it's going to be the Lucky Jackson show. Like That that bodes well going into the playoffs, um, especially when your defense has kind of been slipping. Um, DC's defense, I feel like really ever since that game against Orlando, hasn't quite been the same. Uh, and they definitely... They definitely didn't do them any favors in this game against a, a bad San Antonio team that probably should have lost, but they probably should have lost by way more than one point. Um, so the state of yeah. the, the state of the defense is worrisome for me moving into the playoffs. But like I said, with the offense rounding out, I think the offense has become just so elite um, that they can win even when the defense falters. Fun fact about DC, you talk about their defense slipping a little bit. So week six, 
they beat the Houston Roughnecks by 11 points. Okay. Week seven, they lose to the Guardians by one point. Yep. Since then, their plus differential, because they've won all three games, weeks mm-hmm. eight, nine, and ten, combined four points yeah. more than their opponents. Yeah, it's been way too close. It's been way with, too close. With, like, the Sea Dragons, I understand. Sure, the yeah. Renegades, awful. Horrible. The Brahmas, awful. The Brahmas, <laughs> awful. The Guardians, horrible. awful. Yeah. Um. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if teams have figured something out in the film. I don't know if somebody got hurt. Maybe. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. But um. still, I mean, they only lost the one game, and they're got some uh kept their starters on the field this week and got some momentum heading yeah. into the playoffs so yeah well on the other side of the ball my under review is just the brahma's entire team um and and that's really because of the fact that this is a game the brahma's needed to win um it was a, it was a situation it wasn't necessarily win and get in but a win coupled with a renegades loss which was likely due to their opponent being the roughnecks the Brahmas would have made the playoffs, which I don't like a scenario in which either the Brahmas or Renegades made the playoffs, but that's the position that we were in. Um, and San Antonio credited them, did everything, almost everything they needed to do to get the win. Uh, and they just came up a little bit short, but they had a six point lead with five minutes left in that game. All you had to do was play defense, ball out on defense, stop DC. You win the game. You're up by six, five minutes left. They couldn't do that. They allowed DC to go up by one with two and a half minutes left. Okay. You got you got about two and a half minutes left. Go drive down the field. Get yourself a field goal at the very least. Get yourself a touchdown. Whatever you got to do. They were driving. And they were around the 35-yard line. They had a third and three with 37 seconds left. Third and three. Plenty of time still on, on the table. All you got to do is pick up the first down. What do they do? They try a deep pass. They did not connect. So a failed third and three deep pass with 37 seconds left was a terrible call, and it led to a 53-yard field goal try with the season on the line. Uh, Now, their kicker has been one of the better kickers um, on the season, but unfortunately, he missed this one from 53 yards just a little bit to the right. Uh... It's unfortunate. Like you, you had yourself in a position to win this game, a game that most people would not have given you uh, any kind of any kind of chance in winning, and they just made some dumb decisions down down the stretch. They couldn't play defense. They couldn't stop DC. Um, they made a that terrible call on third and three. Uh, the field goal just just to the right. Like it, it just. They're this close. They were this close to, to, to making it happen and forcing the Renegades to ball out on Sunday, and they couldn't do it. So that's why I have to put them under review. Um, I want to give them credit for making it a close game because nobody thought they would. But when you find yourself in a position with five minutes left to win the game and you can't do it, I've got to put you under review. Yeah, I mean, it it was a shame. I mean, Jack Cohn threw the ball 48 times. Like, he was <laughs> trying his best. Uh, 34 of 48, uh, it's not a math podcast, but it's, you know, in, uh, in the sixties, I think something like that. Yeah. Um, 
312 yards, only got sacked twice. Uh, just the kid played his heart out. If yeah, where was this in the middle part of the season again? But um, yeah, yeah, putting putting that game in the hand of the kicker, I would have I would have gone for it honestly. Like I might have gone know, for it too with it, with it being 53 yards. I might have gone for it too because. I know their their kicker. He had only missed one field goal before then, and yes. he's made field goals that long. Yeah, but when you have time, especially when you get a first down, the clock stops anyway. Get yeah. a get take the chance and get a little closer, even if you don't. I don't get the understand. Touchdown. I don't understand throwing a deep pass on third and three to make it fourth and three. Like that makes no sense to me. I understand like taking a shot at the end zone with uh on on first down. Maybe even on second down, but on third and three, all you have to do is you just just run it up the gut, just it, yeah. scramble to the well, outside, Jack, and like do something. Yeah, at least they should have called a, a short pass, and they might have stacked sure, the box there. Yeah. Their 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 rushing game wasn't really getting there. Uh, their lead rusher, uh, Jacques Patrick, uh, sixteen carries for forty one yards, less than a three yard average. So they might yeah. not have trusted the run game there, but maybe not a deep shot. <laughs> fair, fair, I guess. But regardless, yeah, disappointing for the uh for the Brahmins there. Speaking of disappointment, yep. every team, whether they were in the playoffs or not, regard except for Roughnecks and Arlington, because both teams were in at that point and they play each other next week for the playoff spot. So I get them not wanting to make that like not caring if that game's exciting or not. Sure. But you look at the Brahmas in DC. DC is like, we can ruin the Brahmas season? Absolutely. You look at the Guardians. We can ruin the Battlehawks season? Absolutely. You look at the Vegas Vipers and yeah. they were were like, we're just done with the season. We just need to move on. We're over <laughs> it. Just let the uh, let the Sea Dragons roll all over them. And the Sea Dragons were going to win that game anyway. But you could have if you made it close, like the Guardians were trying yeah. to do with the Battlehawks, then it, it could have changed who was in. Um, yeah. But the Vipers, uh, they started Jalen McClendon, who was only 6 for 21. Yeah. For 201 yards. And one of those throws was to Matthew Sexton, who had an 84-yard catch that should have been a touchdown. Yeah. And this is really the the thing that made me bad because this happened in like the third or the fourth quarter. They're down twenty eight to three, uh-huh. and they finally get a good play. Something good finally happens, and Matthew Sexton celebrates a little too early, and ball gets knocked out of his hand, goes out of the back of the end zone, and we've seen it happen in the NFL, and. But for this being the last game, like you've saw, seen these amazing games, you know, from the day before. Yeah. <laughs> and you're down 28 to three in the fourth quarter. You're not the Patriots. This isn't <laughs> happening for you. I'm sorry if Blake is listening to this and bringing that up, but. And. <laughs> yeah. What are you celebrating for? Yeah. What are you celebrating for? They are are lucky they even got a touchdown after that because the only reason they did was because the rule is different in the XFL. And Dean Blandino explained this, that they changed the rule because people didn't like that the defense got the ball if the defense didn't recover the ball. 
So they decided if the ball was out before they get to the end zone and it goes out the back of the end zone, the offense gets the ball at the one-yard line. And that's the only reason they got the touchdown after that. Because Matthew Sexton couldn't keep it in his pants, essentially, is what happened there. <laughs> Despite the fact that it didn't matter. Like, yeah, it was a cool play, but you haven't done doo-doo yeah. the rest of the game. I'm trying not to make you bleep me out right now, but it was just like a... <laughs> Yeah, congratulations. You had a catch that should have been a touchdown. Like one year, I don't know who you are. You haven't caught a pass the whole year, probably. I don't know. Nobody's looking at you and looking at that and being like, yep, that's the guy I want to bring to the NFL. You know, got some tape on this Matthew Sexton guy. I think he's real swell. Yeah. No. Garbage. (laughs) Garbage. I Defense, I mean, Seattle's really good. I can't necessarily blame the defense, but... Your offense has clicked before and just for some reason didn't show up. Yeah. Um, you weren't getting like any further down in like draft picks. Not that that matters in the spring leagues as much, but yeah. I, I don't know what was happening here. But you put a damper. It was the last game of the season and the regular season, and you guys made it suck. So, <laughs> well, we'll we'll get to Vegas in a second when we get to. Uh, I don't know if you did your final power rankings. I did my final power rankings. We'll get to Vegas in, in a little bit. But I wasn't sure if we were doing it because I didn't know if it mattered with teams in the playoffs or not. Well, but we'll just do it live. You'll just do it live. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to do some wild things. Do we have a legit counterfeit? Um, if you don't, I, if you don't, I have one for you. Oh, well, let's, yeah, let's switch it up. Okay. You do legit or counterfeit, and you also sing the jingle. Oh, I'm not singing any jingle. I'm not, that's, <laughs> that, that, that ain't my job on here. So, <laughs> my legit or counterfeit for you, I feel like it's going to be very easy. Uh, I feel like we're probably going to have the same exact answer on this. Um, but, my legit or counterfeit is... Obviously, the best game of this coming weekend, the best divisional championship, is going to be the Seattle Sea Dragons versus the DC Defenders for the North Championship. My legit counterfeit is the North. The winner of the North Championship will win the XFL Championship. Legit counterfeit. I hope so. <laughs> it would be a real bummer. <laughs> If we had to give that trophy to the Renegades or the Roughnecks, would it though? The... Because the Roughnecks started four and zero. Like they, they're not a against terrible bad team. team against bad teams. Bad ish teams. They're not. They're not a bad. They team. were. They were bad at the start of the season. That is true. And I said kind of for legit or counterfeit because I was thinking like the South had this weird shift through the last four or five weeks yeah. where all of a sudden it looked like the Brahmas and guardians are incredible. And it's like, why are we even watching the roughnecks and the renegades? Like any game they played was just boring the second half of the season. And I was going to be like, if we started the season week five and had the same schedule and had those lineups, would it have been different? I mean, it might've been because it might've been because I'm, I want, I want to look up the standings real quick just to make sure of this, but uh, the roughnecks, Finished at seven and three. So after starting four and zero, oh, they finished three and three over the next six weeks. So had it had it started at after week five, then it might be a different story in the South. You might be onto something. Yeah, because you look at how 
the like the Guardians with the uh, Dormity just randomly decided we're going to beat the best team in the league and then make everybody else's life a living H-E double hockey sticks. I don't yeah. know if that's a word that we're allowed to say. I mean, so I, I'm said not it, say I it. said it earlier, so who cares? <laughs> but, and then the Brahmas realized in week six, like, oh, we can still get in. Yeah. <laughs> and went ahead and gave it a shot. And I'm like, man, I would much rather see that South matchup than the Roughnecks and the Renegades. Either of them. I would rather both Guardians and Brahmas be in the playoffs than the Ooh, Renegades. I don't know about and that, man. The Roughnecks, at least the Roughnecks have more talent. Like, they they, they are still, they're not a bad team. Are but they boring. I mean, they're I, boring. I won't disagree with that, but they're not, <laughs> they're not a bad team. And, like, they deserve to be in the playoffs. Uh, the one team that doesn't is the Renegades. If if the Renegades win on on Saturday, oh man, the XFL championship is going to be a blowout. It's not like it's not going to be close. It just won't. I don't be. think it's going to be close with the Roughnecks either. I don't entirely disagree with you. I'll say that, but I do think that the Roughnecks can give see, either the defenders or the Sea Dragons a little bit of trouble if they see, if they go that, their way. But the Renegades just only lost the two points by the defenders two weeks ago. I mean, that is true. <laughs> the I, Roughnecks have never, have not been that close with any team that's good. When they lost to St. Louis, it was by nine points, so technically uh, one possession. When they lost to the Sea Dragons, it was by seven points, so still a whole touchdown. When wait. they... I feel uh, like I feel like I just don't know anything about the XFL. That's what I feel like. I feel like anything could happen this weekend, and who knows what the XFL championship is going to look like. I just know that the North has been far better than anybody in the South all year. Um, that's between St. Louis, Seattle, and DC. They've just been killing it. And yeah. again, it's a shame St. Louis isn't in the in the playoffs in some capacity. But it is what it is. We get Seattle and DC. Those two teams are the two best teams in the league. Um, and if one of them doesn't win the XFL championship, it's a dang shame. It really is. Um, because I don't think anybody from the South deserves it. But would I be surprised if the Roughnecks pull it off? I wouldn't be. But I, I, I will say legit that the winner of the North will win the XFL championship. I will also say legit. It's what I'm hoping. I. Again, just the Renegades and the Roughnecks are just boring and squeaked by in a division that just had slow teams. Yeah, I don't even want to call the Brahmas or the Guardians bad anymore. I think they were just slow. Well, at, at that rate, up a... at that rate, let's just jump into the power rankings, then, my friend. Uh, I'll kick it off. In in the eighth spot, you you said everything there was to say about them, and you're under review. And I'm putting the Vegas Vipers at 8. Because they essentially gave up on the season. They were bad all season. Gave up down the stretch. And so, you know what? You you get the bottom of the barrel. You are the worst of the worst. You suck. You stink. Here's to next year. Hopefully you find a new stadium. Hopefully you relocate. Because, ah, what a garbage team. What a garbage team with a garbage stadium. You're terrible. 8th spot. Who you got as yeah, your 8th spot? Myrtle Beach could use an XFL team. If, uh... We don't have a stadium, though. <laughs> It'd be fun. We don't have a stadium, though. Just put them at the Pelicans field. 
<laughs> That's what they did. Put him on a baseball field in Vegas. Um, yeah, uh, I also Vipers. I have, I did. I predicted this last week. I put the Vipers at eighth, and I was correct. <laughs> that is true. Um, Vipers are still at eighth. Uh, God, I really want to be wild with uh, seven. And just because I don't think the Renegades and the Roughnecks deserve to be higher, but they're the ones that made the playoffs. So, yeah, I'm going to keep the... It's harder to put the Guardians above the Brahmas, too, just because they both played close games this week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to keep the Guardians at seven. I don't like it. I think now they're potentially better, or at least even with the rest of the South teams, but you got to go with, uh, at this point, tiebreakers. Yeah. Just like the playoffs have tiebreakers, my power rankings have tiebreakers, and yeah. they have the worst record. So, yeah, I I also have the Guardians at seven. I think it's it's more due to their defense, because um, the offense has definitely come alive down the stretch, but the defense has been so bad. So, yeah. I've got to put the Guardians at seven, and at six, I'm putting the Arlington Renegades. I don't care if they made the playoffs. I'm putting them there because they're stinky poo poo, they're garbage. Uh, which means that, you know, all of you people counting at home, I put the Brahmas above the the Renegades. We'll get to them in a second, but the Renegades at six feels right. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm gonna <laughs> The Brahmas should be in the playoffs. It came down to a field goal, and that's upsetting. Like, yeah, they should have played better the rest of the season, but they put up more of a fight against a far superior team. So yeah, I've got to put them there. Yeah, I I wish the Brahmins made it in instead of the Renegades, but it is what it is. Renegades at seven, Brahmas at, at six. six. Yeah, Renegades at six, Brahmas at five. That's exactly what I have. I have the Brahmas at five. Um, again, because they put up more of a fight in a meaningful game than the Renegades did against a worse team. So. Give me the Brahmas at five. At four is the Houston Roughnecks because they are the, while they're still in the top half, they're the worst of the top half. Um, so, got to put them at four. Honestly, the the amount of space between number four and number three, like, as we talked about it, like, we thought it was split down the middle. It's not. There's I agree. Three, there's three, like, amazing teams, and then there's five, they're either mediocre or well, they just can't close it. I would say there's three, then there's one, and then there's four. <laughs> I would put the bottom four pretty all... Let me rephrase that. There's three, there's one, there's three, then there's like 50 feet of crap, and then there's the last one. <laughs> um, but the the the, the Renegades, the Brahmas, and the Guardians, I'm okay grouping together to where like... I think all those three teams are very similar they all have the, the capacity to be good. They've all had good performances at times, um, especially down the stretch. But they have all ultimately come up just short in a lot of meaningful games. Um, so those three I'm, I'm good putting together. The Roughnecks I have as just a just a tier above them. And then the three at the top are in a whole different bracket. Yeah. So yeah. Who, who you got at three? Uh, three I have the... St. Louis Battlehawks, um, again, Man. them and the Sea Dragons, it's tough. Like, you can put them either one and two. It sucks that 
we have to watch the Renegades and the Roughnecks and not have the Battlehawks in the playoffs. Yes. Um, and they did everything they could. They scored 53 points. That was the most like, points scored in the game this year. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough to stay ahead of the Sea Dragons. So, uh, yeah. Battlehawks at three. And then I have the Sea Dragons at two. Yeah. Um, even though, like we said, all of DC's games have been close, they've still kept the pressure on. So, yeah. Sea Dragons at two. It's exactly the same order that I have it in. Um, the only reason I have the Sea Dragons a step above them is because of the fact that they made it in the playoffs and the Battlehawks didn't. Um, it's tough choosing between those two. I think they're very two, they're, they're two very similarly matched teams. Um, I think they're, they're both very good. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully these teams are able to retain most of their players and next year come out with a, with a bang and, and look just as good. Hopefully. Um, but we'll see what, We'll see who gets, you know, a chance to play at the next level in the NFL, um, who stays behind, who maybe makes a jump over to the USFL. There's all kinds of variables. Um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah. What's the USFL? Weird. <laughs> the, the Battlehawks at three, the Sea Dragons at two, and obviously, last but not least, the DC Defenders at one. They lost one game and they lost about one point. Um, to put them anywhere else besides. First would be a crime at this point. Um, yeah. So, yeah, DC at one. Yeah, same here. Uh, not much to uh, to really talk about there. They, Even though all of their games have been close, they still managed to squeak out those wins. Yep. And they've beat the Sea Dragons twice. So, yep. third time's the charm, maybe. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yep. Well, I say we... Uh, we, we... Put the regular season in the rear view and turn our attention to playoff football. The division championships are this weekend. And I say it's time that we get picky with it, man. Nah, 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 nah. Let's get picky with it. Nah, 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 nah. Let's get picky with it. Yeah. That's it. You just get to. Starting us off at 7 p.m. Over on ESPN2 and ESPN Plus, we have the Arlington Renegades making their way down south about four hours to Houston to take on the Houston Roughnecks. The Renegades finish the season at four and six, below 500, barely making it into the playoffs. The Roughnecks had a hot start, started four and zero, and then went 500 down the last six games to finish the season at 7-3. and three. But here we sit, because the South was such a terrible division, uh, and we get this bomb of a matchup for a South division championship. Houston, 6.5-point favorites at home. I think that's fair. This Renegades team is stinky poo-poo. Uh, tickets for this game, by the way, are as low as $14 for some reason. It's a division championship game, and it's $14 because Houston fans don't know how to show up to watch their team. Um, so, Go buy some dang tickets. Put your butts in the seats. Go at least support your your local Roughnecks or your Renegades team if you're from Arlington and want to make the drive for whatever reason to watch them get slaughtered. Um, but again, the line, Houston 6.5-point favorites. I think that's 
100% fair. You could probably bump it up to 10, uh, in my opinion, because I think the Roughnecks are a far superior team, and that's why I'm picking Houston to get the job done, to book their ticket to San Antonio for the XFL Championship. Who you got, man? Uh, my prediction is that late in the fourth quarter, right, it's going to be like 0-0 zero to because zero, both teams are bad. And then the music hits. St. Louis comes out. They got the money in the bank. Briefcase, baby. <laughs> Cash it in. That's what I want. That would be uh, incredible if that happened. <laughs> just put them in. Um, now, I'm going to make it fun for us because uh, you'll, Don't you'll pick be the renegades. here. Don't pick you'll the be renegades. here. I will. I will you'll, be there. You'll be here. And we may get an opportunity to watch this game together. So I might as well make it fun and just root against you. Oh, don't do it. Don't don't put yourself through the agony of having to root for the Arlington Renegades. It's they're gonna lose the next game anyway. It doesn't matter. They're gonna lose this game. Okay. By double Fine. digits. I don't know about that. I do. They gave <laughs> they gave the defenders a run for their money and then took a week off. So we actually don't know. We don't know. What okay, I'm gonna let's just Let's just look at the scores of the two games that the Roughnecks and Renegades played this year. But they so, took a week off this week. They didn't try. Sure, maybe they did. So in that case, let's look at what they did previously against them. Uh, when did they play previously? You mean when they had, uh, what's his face? At, uh, it was like week one, I think. No, week, uh, was it week four? No. When did they play? That's what I'm they trying to figure early. out right now. They played pretty early. It was week two. Week two. When the Renegades were uh, star quarterback was Drew Plitt. Okay. The Refnex still beat him 23 and 14. By almost double digits. So I. Okay. I, that was I, so long ago. I agree. I just don't I don't feel good about this Renegades team doing anything. They're four and six. They snuck into the playoffs because they're in a terrible division. I don't see it happening. Like I just don't. I and I get I get what you're saying about the Roughnecks being probably fraudulent, but like they're still better than than the Renegades. And also, maybe Luis Perez is a spark for when it matters. Again, they didn't have to try this week. They probably didn't want to show everything they had this week. So Yeah, I mean, maybe. Are you, so, are you officially doing it? I'm going to, because I'm going to make it fun while you're here this weekend and root against you. I mean, we're going to be against each other on the next game as well, so... Yeah. We'll make it a whole weekend. Alright, well, you know, you're <laughs> the one You're the one that's going to be living in misery for having to root for them, but let's jump over let's to it, Sunday. It's either, hold on, it's either you rip off the band-aid and just lose the pick now... You know, because the Renegades aren't going to win the championship and the Roughnecks aren't going to win the championship either. So that's fair. I'm we're not, both going to be sad. It just depends when we're going to be sad. I'm not picking either of those teams in two weeks. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm <laughs> going to pick whoever wins on Sunday in this game at 3 p.m. over on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. We have the Seattle Sea Dragons sitting at 7-3. and three. We've been calling them the second best team in the XFL for weeks now. Heading out to D.C. where you know that stadium is going to be sold out. Rocking. Beer snakes galore. Lemons getting tossed on the fields, probably. 
face the DC Defenders for the North Championship. I firmly believe whoever wins this game will win in two weeks at the uh, XFL Championship in San Antonio. At home, the DC Defenders are three-point favorites. I kind of like that line. I think it's probably spot on because I do think DC is definitely better. Um, I won't say miles better. I think they're very, very close, very evenly matched. Um, and the Seattle Sea Dragons having to face them on the road in a hostile environment, I think it's going to make life a little tough. Uh, but here's the thing. If you're living in D.C., go get yourself a ticket and get to this game because tickets are only 25 bucks. And I can tell you for dang sure, if I was anywhere close to D.C., I would be heading to that stadium because it's going to be rocking. It's going to be a fun environment, and you're going to enjoy every single minute of this fantastic game that we get on Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. With all of that being said... Obviously, we're going to be split on this game because I'm taking the 9-1 DC Defenders who lost one game this year by one point. One point. They were one point away from going a perfect 10-0, running the table, probably going undefeated throughout the playoffs, winning the championship. But the Orlando Guardians spoiled all that, and I don't see DC losing again, especially... Uh, to whoever they have to face in the XFL Championship in two weeks after taking care of Seattle. So give me, DC, who you got, man. You disappoint me. <laughs> you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Like, I, I, I will be real. Part of me wants to take Seattle because I do think Seattle could very easily win this game. Uh, but I like DC, man. I've always liked DC. DC's been my team since XFL 2.0 three years ago. Listen, it is really difficult to beat a team three times in a season. And yep. Seattle Sea Dragons are rolling. They got Danuch, they got DeGordon, they got DePearson, they got all of it. They yep. got all of it. They are coming into DC. They're saying, screw your lemons, screw your beer snake, screw your defenders. They are coming out. Third time is the charm. Give me the Nooch and the Seattle Sea Dragons to win it all because they're going to demolish whoever comes out of the South. Well, Pete, what happened in week seven, buddy? Oh, you mean the one-point loss? Yeah, the one-point loss in Seattle, nonetheless. So on the road... DC took care of business. What happened in week one? Back in week one at, at Audi Field in DC. When Danuch got splattered by lemons. <laughs> Doesn't matter. The lemons are gonna be back, baby. I'm telling you, I'm just I'm just warning you now, the lemons will be back. Yeah, but listen, he's ready for it this time. He's had he's had ten whole weeks to just sit in the locker room and just all right, chuck him. Just <laughs> sit there and that's how he buffed up. That's how he got better throughout the season, was just having lemons chucked at him. at him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the game of the week, and this, this might as well be the XFL championship game because whoever wins is winning the title two weeks from now. Uh, and, and this is, again, if you haven't turned in, tuned into a single XFL game, again, what are you doing listening to the podcast? Um, we barely watch the XFL games. So... <laughs> What are you doing listening to us? But if you haven't, tune into this one. This will be a fun one. This is going to be a good one. It's a playoff game. 
you know that that environment's going to be rocking. Uh, it, it, DC is a fun team to watch. Seattle is a fun team to watch. And I think they're going to put on a show together uh, at Audi Field on Sunday. So I think we're in for a good one. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. <clears throat> That'll be right after we get back from, well, not right after, but we're going to play some disc golf in the morning, and then I'm going to laugh at you as the Seattle Sea Dragons beat the DC let me, Defenders. So it'll be a good day. Let me rephrase that for you, Pete. You're going to lose to me at some disc golf in the morning because that's what always happens. Listen, third third time's the charm. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we've already played. We've already played more than three times. All right. Third, third time's the charm. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, we appreciate you tuning in and listening to us in whatever format you're doing. So if you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Hopefully one of these days we'll have more content for you than just the podcast in this form. Uh, but who knows? Who knows when that day will be? We're old. We have other things going on in our lives. Uh, yeah, we don't have time for this social media nonsense. Um, so... <laughs> Follow our socials if you so desire. We don't use them that much. Uh, I think our Twitter is fairly active. Um, but yeah, do all that. Hop into the Discord. Hop into the Discord. That's where it's, it's always going off. We're always having a good conversation in there about all things sports. So come hang out. Come talk some sports. Um, but as always, we appreciate listening and supporting however you're doing so. And we hope that you continue to do so uh, over the next couple weeks and into next season for the NFL. Uh, but as always, I believe it's that. And ciao.